we are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Amen? (laughs) I will bring coffee. I will make sure we get people to come and hand deliver you coffee to wake us up this morning. It's good to be in God's house. Hey, we're not a quiet church. (laughs) Ever. As long as I have the mic, we're not going to be a quiet church. (laughs) You're like, we know. But we are a church that is proud to be loud about Jesus. And we believe as a church that church should be fun. Hey, church should be fun, right? (laughs) Some of you are like, I just am enduring church today. Stop. Have fun. Lean in. Get excited. Look to your neighbor and say, get excited. And look to the other side and say, get excited to be in God's house this morning. (laughs) Hey, got a quick message today. Uh, Just a, uh, uh, we call these just a one-off message. We entitled, uh, we finished a series called Walk With Me last week. Uh, It was a special series. We're going to kick that back off in the beginning of the new year. Um, But I entitled this message today, An Adjustment. An Adjustment. I'm going to read a passage of scripture found in Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 25 through 33. It's going to be up on the screen. It reads a little different in this translation. Jesus is speaking and teaching how the kingdom of God works. And he says this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Isn't that a good command? That's a command. Hey, don't worry about everyday life. How many of you worry all the time? The rest of you are lying. We worry about stuff in our life. And Jesus literally says to us, hey, don't worry. Do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life Jesus? (laughs) Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Hey, listen, if you hear nothing else today, let me tell you something. Jesus is passionate about the birds in the air, but guess what? He's way more passionate and concerned about you, every single one of you as individuals in this place. You didn't just show up here just by chance. You didn't just come here because you just are like, oh, I'm going to find my way to church. You are here for a reason, and he wants me to tell you that you are more valuable to him than anything else. He literally formed you, formed you with his fingers. Way more valuable. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You all got stress lines on your forehead from worrying. I say to Rachel all the time, I got some stress lines. She's like, stop worrying. And I'm like, yeah. They go away immediately. (laughs) And why are you worrying about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. This is a good word. This is amazing. Praise God. Why do you have so little faith? (laughs) Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, he says again, Jesus, saying, what will you eat? What will you drink? What will you wear? 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And this is what I want to focus on. Right here, verse 33, Jesus says this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above all else. On top of everything that you think about, think and seek and go after the kingdom of God first and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Anybody thankful for Jesus' words? Come on, are we thankful that this promise is alive and for us, that we will have everything we need today? Jesus, these are your words. We thank you that you've spoken them, that you've promised them to us. May we have the faith to believe. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll remove distractions. God, there's a lot in this place today, distractions. Father, would you just take them by your spirit and remove them? Open up hearts today to receive. Open up ears to hear. God, adjust us. Change us from the inside out. Help us to be more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. An adjustment. You know, uh, a couple weeks back, I was here helping the team um, set up one Sunday morning. I'm grateful that I don't have to always be here, that we have such a great team that allows me to be at home for a little bit longer. But I was here one Sunday morning, and um, I don't know if you guys know this, but these chairs just don't magically pop up. <laughs> it's weird, right? People actually come, and they bring them, and we have this big rack of chairs, and it's pretty heavy. And I remember I was over there, and uh, we, we have to push them through that elevator, and uh, they were pushing them through, but there's a little gap to get them up over. And, and I remember being like, oh, I got this today. <laughs> it's like 6.15. No one's warmed up at 6.15 in the morning, right? And I remember like bending over. You know the proper lifting, right? It's lift with your, someone say feet. That is awesome. <laughs> Set them up for that. Lift with your legs and not your back, right? <laughs> well, what does JP do? JP bends over like this and goes and lifts up that cart. And I don't know if you young people know what it feels like to be old. <laughs> the, the, the back immediately just whoop, slipped. Like I felt the movement in my back. It was awesome. <laughs> I remember being like, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan. And I was like walking like this back. I was like, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. I got to go figure out what's happening. My back was completely out. Completely out. I remember going home and just laying on the ground, stretching it, trying to get back in place. I had to preach. I came back. I don't know if you know that, but I was kind of walking really limber, really limber. My back was out. And I remember going and calling my chiropractor, and I said, hey, hey, I am in a lot of pain. Like, this was, this was painful. This wasn't just like, I just need a quick adjustment to feel better. There was I couldn't sleep. It was like two days before I could get out to him. I couldn't sleep. I was like sitting straight up trying to fall asleep. And have any of you ever experienced pain like this? It's not fun. Right? To pull your back out is never fun. And I remember call, going to the chiropractor and I'm like, Doc, I'm dying. He's <laughs> like, what is wrong with you, JP? He's known me all my life. I'm like, I am dying. I can't take another breath. And he's like, just chill, man. Just relax. Drama. And I was like, yes, I know. So he's like, lay down. And sure enough, he just starts maneuvering some things and putting some, some stem on me. And he's like, all right, you ready? I'm like, ready? This is more than just like a little thing. He's like, no, no, no. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as you think it is. I was like, you want to see the pain? You want to feel the pain I'm feeling? He's like, all right, one, two, right back. And I was like, ooh, ooh, okay. I walk out of there like, I can dance right now. Pain is gone in Jesus' name. Thank you, chiropractor. <laughs> I remember walking out of there like, wow, that was awesome. By a simple adjustment. By one little, 
I was able to get up on my feet. The pain was gone. The inflammation was gone. The, 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 the lack of sleep was now gone because I went back home. What did you think I did? I slept. It was two days. By a simple adjustment, I was able to move. I was able to breathe. I was able to rest. I look at this passage of Scripture, and there's so much there. There's so much to unpack, and I don't have all the time. But I read verse 33, and it says something so profound. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Some other translations say, seek the kingdom of God first and righteously, right? And then you'll get everything you need. Some of us love the second half of that verse. Anybody love the second half? Me. Just me. Okay, cool. I love getting everything I need. The rest of you are awesome. I want the faith that you have. But we were like, if you're going to be honest, we're all like, I want everything I need. But we don't like the first half. Seek the kingdom of God first. I want to challenge us today. Is this okay? It's real quiet in here. I want to challenge us today to have an adjustment. To have a, to have a Holy Spirit adjustment. And that is to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to meet with us and to say, hey, there are some areas in our lives, there are some things in your life, there are some spaces in your life, there are some things holding you back in your life that if you just allowed me to adjust you by my power, by my grace, by my spirit, you're going to walk in less pain, you're going to walk in more faith, you're going to walk in less fear, you're going to walk in less doubt. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, so I'm going to preach to myself. You're going to walk in less shame, less guilt, less condemnation. Just allow me to adjust your heart, your mind, your eyes, and your ears a little bit. Just let me. Jesus is saying this. He said it to me all week. JP, what are you holding back from me? What if what has blocked you from me? What are the things in your life that you have put in front of me? Will you allow me, JP, to adjust you a little bit? Anybody want to walk in life without shame and guilt and condemnation and pain? Three of us. The rest of you all need to wake up. I want that for your life. Better yet, Jesus desires that for your life. See, when we just say, God, adjust me here today. Adjust my life. It's a bold prayer. Can it be scary? Because he starts to adjust us. But I wonder if we could just say, God, I want to seek after your kingdom first in four areas. Can I just talk about four areas today? Four areas today? Is this all right? That we can say, God, adjust me in these areas. Keep me aligned with the right things. My priorities, my calling, my future, help me to be aligned with you. God, if you got to adjust me in these things, adjust me so that we can be properly aligned. I don't know about you, but I want to be properly aligned by what God has for my life. I want you to be properly aligned for what God has for your lives. Young people, you're figuring out, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Even uh, young professionals, like, I don't know if I'm in the right job. I don't know if I'm in the right calling. I don't even know if I like this city called Chicago. How about you stop worrying about those things and start worrying if you are aligned with God's kingdom first. Because when you get aligned, you walk out his alignment for your life. Some of you, I, this is from, sorry. Some of you are living in such dysfunction. And you're trying to function. You cannot function in dysfunction. 
You need to function by properly being aligned by God so that he can show you where he wants you to go. Some of you are surrounded by dysfunction in your life. You're so blocked. You're so out of line, and you're wondering, why do I keep hitting my head on the same thing? That really hurt. Because you have not said, God, align my heart. Align my mind. Align my spirit. Align my eyes. Today, four things. First thing is this, that I want us to ask God to just say, God, help me to seek after your kingdom first with these things so that I can walk out the alignment that you have for me. The first is this, we need to ask God to adjust our eyes. We need to ask God to adjust our eyes. This is a prayer for me at least, a daily prayer. Make this a daily prayer. Hey God, I'm blind. (laughs) Have you ever said that before? On my hands up. I've literally said, God, I'm blind today. I can't see what you're doing. My eyes are clouded by things all around me. God, help me to see what you're doing. God, adjust my eyes. Some of you are not seeing clearly. The worst thing for people that, than, than most things for me, at least what I say to people often, is if you don't have a vision for your life. I said a few weeks back, I stole from an old preacher. He's awesome. He's like, the best vision you have for your life is a television. And I was like, all y'all are living off of your life by what you see today. You don't have a vision from heaven because you're not aligned by him. You haven't allowed him to adjust you. You don't have a vision for where you're going to go in life. You know what help, uh, keeps us back from having fresh vision for our lives? Sin. I wanted something else, Pastor. <laughs> Sin. Sin isn't necessarily all the nasty little things that we hear about, right? All the scandals and all that. Sin is little things. Sin is, sin is the things that separate you from God. Passions, desires, thoughts, actions. There's a lot of sin that can be labeled as it, but it, whatever the sin is in our lives or your life, it's keeping your eyes from seeing what's ahead for your life. See, when you walk in sin, habitual sin, right, when you, when you find yourself walking in a pattern of just sin, your eyes are blinded to everything that's around you. Your eyes are actually blinded to the beauty around you. And no longer as someone that's seeking after God, you can't seek the kingdom of God first. You're just trying to get something from God to break the cycle of what you're seeing. This is preaching to somebody. This is really good, right? So instead of saying, God, you know what? I need you to help my eyes to see the kingdom first. You're saying, God, help my eyes to see something because I need your help. And he's like, how about you set your eyes on my kingdom first so that I can open up the blindness in your eyes to see what I have for you. See, the thing about the enemy, Satan, is this. He's a deceiver. And if he can get you blinded, if he can blind your eyes from seeing the beauty of God's kingdom, whew, I don't want to say he's won, but he's really done his job well. Right? If he can keep you from seeing the cross, he keeps you right where you're at. If he can keep you from seeing the vision of what God has for you, you can stay right where you're at. If he can keep you from seeing beauty that's all around you, he can keep you right where you're at. See, when, when sin and when the enemy blinds you, it keeps you from seeing everything around you that is of God, that is pure, that is righteous, that is holy. Satan's the worst. I'm going to go old school Pentecostal. Like, Satan is the worst. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. I grew up. <laughs> 
But some of you all are just living by sin, and you're bouncing your head off the walls, and you're like, why? It's because you are caught up, and the only thing you can see in front of you is what Satan has placed in front of you. Do you know you walked with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and you can say, God, take the blindness out of my eyes. Help me to see the way you see. Help my eyes to see where you're taking me. See, the prophet Isaiah in 59.10, he said this about people that were walking in sin. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at the brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. God, adjust my eyes. I don't want to just, just try to get my way through by feeling. God, I want to see. I want to see what you have for me. I want to see the goodness of my God. I want to see the grace that's in front of me. I want to see. So, God, would you just adjust my eyes? I don't wear contacts. I don't wear glasses. But some of y'all, you are blind without them. I remember I had a roommate that if he woke up and he did not have his glasses, right, he was falling, literally falling over. And I remember putting his glasses on one time just to see how bad his eyes were, right? So dumb. I put those things on for like two seconds, and I got the worst Headache. And I was like, oh my goodness. I literally tried to take a step and I was like, I was like, dude, how do you see with these things on? He's like, because they're the lens that fit for me. This is the, and you don't have to wear them because you have a vision for you. And it clicked on me. I was like, man, I have a vision for my life. He gets to see clearly for his life. Some of you are trying to wear the vision of somebody else. I'm getting somewhere with this. I'm getting somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. I'm going, right? Some of you have the vision for your friend next to you. You're putting their glasses on when you don't need to wear their glasses. So all the vision that you have for your life is the person next to you. You can have your own vision for your life. You can have the own calling for your life. You can have your own purpose for your life. So God, adjust my eyes. That was really, that was good. See, the devil knows if you can see it, you can achieve it. If you can see, the, he knows that if you see God the way that he sees you, you can have it. So God, adjust my eyes. Keep Satan far from my eyes. Help me not to see what the world would see. Help me not to see what Satan would have for me. Help me to see, adjust my eyes so that I can see you. God, adjust my eyes so I can seek the kingdom of God first. Is this good? This is good. Second thing is this, your ears. Oh, God, adjust my ears. Guys, can I be honest? In today's culture, we've become desensitized to what we hear. And I'm in the boat with y'all. I'm here. You know, I hear stuff, uh, whether it's entertainment, whether it's conversation, I hear it and it just comes in and it sits in my spirit and I don't realize what it does. We've become so desensitized. Oh, he's just legalistic. Here he goes about not listening to this kind of music or watching this kind of TV shows. No, that's between you and God. Right? But what if we've become so callous to what we hear because we haven't asked God to adjust our ears? We've allowed sin to block our hearing. See, I always say, like, God, speak to me. God, 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 speak to me. You know what I've come to find out as, as a young guy trying to seek the Lord? He's always speaking. That was a really good place to say amen. God, is, let me say it again. God is never not. Is that a double negative? That's good. Okay. God is never not speaking. And everybody says. We're family here. This is just me being raw and like, God is never not speaking. But we're always like, God, speak to me. I want to hear. And he's like, yo, Jay, I have been speaking to you. I'm like, no, you haven't. He's like, yes, I have. But your ears have been so blocked that I can't get through to you. You know, I have a problem. <laughs> this is awesome. I have little tiny eardrums, believe it or not. 
And these little, it's a, it's a medical fact. I didn't just self-diagnose WebMD. Like, it's just a, it's a fact. <laughs> and the problem with having little eardrums <laughs> is that there's this really, really, it's going to be nasty um, stuff that builds up in your eardrums when you have little ones. It's called earwax. The problem with me, though, is, is that over time it builds up so bad that literally Rachel will be sitting next to me talking to me. I won't listen because I, I can't. Literally cannot hear her. And she's, like, hitting me. And I'm like, why are you hitting me? She's like, I've been talking to you. I was like, I can't hear you. I got earwax so built up in my ears I can't hear a thing. You know when you try to, like, do this, like, and your ears don't pop? That's my life, right, when this happens. You know what I have to go do? I don't go to the store and get the candle or get the eardrops. It doesn't work. I got little eardrums. What I have to do, what I have to do is I have to go to a doctor. And they literally bring out this contraption. I don't know what it is, but it's got a lot of water in it. Or saline, right, nurses? I have no idea. And he's like, are you ready? And he puts this thing in my ears, and he just starts to... <laughs> That's what you hear in my eardrum. It's just like a rushing wave, just like... <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness, get it out. And it happens for a solid minute. And he's like, next year, right? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that was insane. And I do this, like... I'm like, oh, I can hear. He's like, all right, get out of my office. You're done. And I'm like, man, this is how I am with God. I need to say, God, would you just come in like a mighty rushing wind? And would you take the things that are in my ears and would you remove them? Would you fill me with the goodness of God through your words? Would you help me to hear better? God, would you take this stuff that's in my ears that I'm hearing all the time, and would you remove it? Some of you are not able to hear God because you're distant from God. But better yet, some of you aren't able to hear God because you put blocks up in front of your ears so that you cannot hear God because he's trying to tell you something that you don't really want to hear because if you actually were obedient to what he's saying to you, your life would be really, really good, but you would rather hold on because you think your plan is better than God's plan. Can I say something today? I'm talking really fast. God's plan is better for your life than your plans. I have come to find this out, <laughs> truly in my life. I tried my plans. My plans were terrible. I'm going to say something else. <laughs> Some of you could have better hearing if you just said, God, adjust my ears to hear. God, I want to hear your voice. Oh, actually, God, would you just adjust my ear today so that I could actually hear what you're saying today because he's speaking today? See, Jesus is never not speaking. His spirit is never not speaking to you. Isn't that awesome about God? I love that, that my God speaks to me, that the living God, the one that authored creation is speaking to me. And so we can say, God, adjust my ears. Help me to hear the goodness of my God. Maybe some of you all need to stop listening to what you're listening to. Maybe you all need to stop listening to the friends that you're listening to. Hello. I say it all the time, and I truly mean it. I got some great friends. I got some great friends. You know why? Because they speak life to me. They speak truth to me. They don't just say to me when I'm in the dumps or when I'm living in sin, like, stay there, JP. It's a really good place to stay. No, they say, Jay, wake up. Come on, let's go. There's more for you than you can see for yourself. God has greater things for you than you can see for yourself. So come on, JP. Come on. Some of you all need to get better friends. Oh, okay. Because see, when you're blocked, all you hear is shame, condemnation, guilt. That's all you hear because that's all Satan wants you to hear. 
When your ears get open and you get adjusted, you hear Jesus singing praises over your life. Oh, man, that's good. You hear Jesus singing praises over your life. You hear him sing praises over your life. Do you know that Jesus is singing praises over your life? This is good for me. God, adjust my ears so that today I can hear your voice. Hebrews 3 says it. God, adjust my ears today. I want to hear your voice so that I don't harden my heart. See, when you can hear, it keeps your heart from being hard. It keeps you from being desensitized to the things around you. It makes you alive. It makes you awake. God, help me. Help my ears. Anybody want this today? Yeah. God, my eyes, my ears. The third thing is this, my mind. God, adjust my mind. You know, when you receive Jesus, you get the mind of Christ. Well, thank you. That's really good place to clap. It really is, because some of you are wearing your mind still. When you get saved, when you accept Jesus, when you say, I confess in my heart, and uh, confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Lord, you become a believer, brand new in Jesus' name. And guess what you get? You get the mind of heaven upon you. There should be such creativity. There should be such knowledge. There should be such insight flowing out of our lives because we literally have the mind of Christ. It's a promise to us. There's other things in the Scripture that talk about them. Hey, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. The author writes in Romans, don't, don't, don't conform to the world and its standards and, its, and its, its things. Conform to the pattern of Jesus by transforming and renewing your mind. Daily, God, adjust my mind. God, help me to think the way you think. Help me to dwell on heavenly thoughts. Help me to, to understand what your word says through my mind. Help me to think better. Help me to think better. You don't change your thinking by being around the best. Can I be honest? It's good to be around good people, but you don't change your thinking by being around the best. You change your mind by being around God. I just got to get around good people. I got to get around this group of people, and this business plan is just going to take off. Nope. How about you go get with God to let him implement the business plan in your mind first? I'll just get around the best. I'll learn from the best. You know who the best is? Jesus. Why don't we learn from the best with our minds first and then go lead people and you be the best? Some of you are like, I'm out of this church. This is, this is it for me. Matthew 16, 23 through 24. I'm almost done. Peter and the disciples are there with Jesus and <laughs> Pete's awesome. I love Peter. You know, you ever love a character? I love Pete. He's such a good dude. And like, you know, he's, he, sometimes I think, man, I see myself in Pete a lot, like, God, I will not let you go to the grave. And I'll deny him three times. You know, like, it's just me. And he's like, oh, Jesus, uh, they have an ish, a conversation. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, you're going to be the one that I'm going to build my church on. And Peter's like, oh, my goodness, what an honor. And then he says to the disciples, hey, I, I, I got to go to the cross. <laughs> and Pete's like, no, you do not. And Jesus says something absolutely crazy. He's like, yo, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to build my church on you. Pete responds to him, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Does anybody else read scripture like that and go, oh, my goodness, Jesus is the absolute savage. Like, he's just nuts. We're almost done. He is just nuts. Like, what are you getting at, Jesus? 
What are you doing? And, and Jesus says something to Peter right after he says that. He's not mad at Peter. He's trying to raise the level of thinking in Peter. Catch this. He says, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from my God. See, because Peter's like, no, you don't have to go to the cross. Stay with us. And Jesus knew in his mind he had a vision. He had a vision. And he said, I got a cross to go to to redeem mankind, to redeem you, Peter, so that you don't have to go. Don't try to stop me from where I'm going. I'm going to build my church on you, but you need to raise your thinking a little bit. Because if you're going to build the church, if you're going to do the things that I've called you to do, you got to raise the level to which you think. I'm thinking the way that my God thinks. I'm thinking the way that my Father in heaven thinks. This is what Jesus says to Peter. It's a profound word. I, I was like, whoa. He's not mad at Peter. See, we read that. Get behind me, Satan. We're like, Jesus is a condemning God. No, he's such a good God that he's like, yo, raise your level of your mind to where I want it to be so that I can show you the heavenly things, so that I can show you the good things. You don't have to walk in depression. You don't have to walk in fear. You don't have to worry about your life. You don't have to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And the peace that surpasses all understandings will come over you and wash you and just lead you and guide you and direct you all the days of your life. Man, this is so good. Like, what if we lived this way every day as believers? What if we did? Last thing is this. I'm done. Fourth thing, your heart. Your heart. Got to adjust my eyes, adjust my ears, adjust my mind. But got to adjust my heart. You know, it's really hard to live with a broken heart. You know, the worst thing to do when your heart's broken is go listen to sad songs. He just dumped me. I don't know where I'm at. I'm going to just turn on this song. It's just going to soothe me. It's going to speak to me. Vibes, like I just love it. Every time someone calls and they're like, I just got dumped, I'm like, well, the last thing you should do is listen to something dumb. Like sad song playlist on Spotify. It's so good. I'm like, what are you? Can I say something? I get the, it's a stupid joke, but I, Jesus didn't die so that we could live with a broken heart. He didn't die on a cross and shed his blood on Calvary and raised three days later so you could walk around and my heart's just broken. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just broken. No, you're not. Can I say something? When Jesus invades your life, you're whole. You are whole. You are complete. You are together. Yeah, you may have been broken. You may have been lost. You may have felt forsaken. But when Jesus comes, he makes you whole in Jesus' name. So God, today would you adjust my heart? God, help my heart not to be calloused by you. Help my heart to not feel broken and feel abandoned by you. Jesus, you say in your word to not worry about anything because you're going to take care of me. So God, I'm going to seek after the kingdom of God first and watch everything get added to me. God, I'm going to seek after your presence first and watch my heart be changed by you. God, I'm not going to walk in a broken spirit anymore. I'm not going to walk in a bound up spirit anymore. I'm not going to walk in a state of depression anymore. I'm not going to walk in a state of anxiety anymore. I'm not going to walk in a state of, uh, of shame and of guilt and of pride. I'm to walk in the goodness of my God. So God, make my heart whole in you. Woo! Jordan, come on. Thank you, brother. Guys, is this good? This is like the gospel. 
This is the goodness of Jesus. We don't preach a Jesus that's just like, we preach a Jesus that's like this. His arms are big enough for all of us. His arms are open wide to us all. And he can say, hey, listen, I want to speak to you. I want to change you. I want to help you when you're in your down and out. I want to give you life when you think there's only death. I want to speak truth when there's been lies spoken over your mind. I want to give you vision for your life that you never could see before. I want to put something in you so creative that it's going to change this city. It's going to change this world. I don't know about you, but Jesus is worthy of a shout of praise in this place. Come on, church. Let's worship him this morning. He is so good. Come on.